Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the Final Word Cricket Podcast, Season 13, Episode 7, just the weekly show. Nothing to add, no World Cup Daily, no story time. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins in Port Ferry. We recorded story time for the previous weekend yesterday in the back of a car driving to Pombonite. We're now in Port Ferry. We're on our Visit Victoria road show and we talked to them about places we could go and visit, you know, the nice places we could go and shoot cricket-related things while we drove across to Adelaide. And So we'll be down in Warrnambool later today. We're in Port Ferry at the moment. We had a beautiful sunset last night everything's going along swimmingly and we came through Pombonite so the Pombonite part of the show if you're listening to the audio podcast that's going to be the second half of this show if you're watching video keep an eye out for it because it'll come up in a few days time the video project's a bit more complex but we went through Pombonite Cricket Club which is one of the great success stories I think in this era where a lot of cricket clubs are shrinking and finding it hard to get people to come in and play they're in the middle of the country tiny not even a town a district with about 100 people in it and they've got 12 teams and they've got people coming from far and wide to play at Pombonite Uh, and it was a real life-affirming little moment Adam to drop by there yesterday and and chat to Luke Reynolds and uh, and Grant Place about what they're doing at the club. Yeah it was great I think the head count's 189 for 12 sides and you do the maths on that and you can realise that they've done a great job in retaining players that have left Pombonite having grown up there but there's that that real connection they're being the centre of town you know there isn't a pub there isn't a restaurant Mm -hmm. and, and it is uh, a farming district and thus the, the cricket club's been central to social activity and you, know, you hear about that and you think about that in, in country cricket clubs but usually mm-hmm. uh, certainly my experience playing in Warrnambool where we're going to be later today was that there, you know, there was plenty going on there were loads of clubs to choose from but Pombonite feels like it's almost a way of life mm-hmm. and that's not cliched to say either because these guys and girls now I mean there, there are what two senior women's teams a bunch yep. of girls teams coming through have made it their decision to be Pombonite forever uh, and that's really special I was quite touched by the whole thing Port Ferry, it's down on the coast. If you're not familiar with it, it's about three hours out of Melbourne once you're driving down towards the, the Great Ocean Road. A beautiful little town. They have the Port Ferry Folk Festival here, yep. which goes off. And then uh, for a lot of the rest of the year, it's very quiet. And then suddenly thousands of people descend on, on this town. And when we said we were coming here, the Visit Victoria people said, you have to go and stay at the Oak and Anchor. Yes. Which they talked about as an old pub from the 1880s or 1860s even. It's going back a very long way. 
And we thought, okay, rooms above a pub, no worries. Um, it's a lot more blush than that, the place where we're at at the moment. I wasn't expecting that when we walked Well, in. you're in the honeymoon suite, aren't yeah, you? And I'm, I'm in, in the a, bridal suite. I'm in a room just, just down the corridor. Yeah, it's, uh, I've been uh, on a combination of pull-out beds and on the floor on mattresses for the last 11 nights. Yep. Last night was proper luxury for me. Um, <laughs> I, hang, I hanged up all my clothes on the yep. coat hangers before going to bed and really set myself up, even though we're only here for two nights. I wish it was 12 nights. It's yep. gorgeous here. I mentioned before living in Warrnambool for sort of nine quite important months. It was the start of 2001. I went into mm-hmm. year 11 and went to a school in Warrnambool before going off to study in the States. But right. have great memories of coming to Port Ferry for the Folk Festival in, in 2001 and that being a, a massive part of the calendar down here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, lovely to return 21 years later as a, a proper fully formed grown-up, some would say, allegedly. I had a, I had a bath last night. I, I don't oh, think I've really? had a bath. I don't know, maybe it's been 10 years. It's just been all showers. I'm six <laughs> foot five. They don't make baths that I can fit into. And this was this was like a swimming pool. It yeah. was, you know, swanned around in there, got out, had my bathrobe, you know, had a, a nice bottle of uh, a red wine that Luke oh, Reynolds gave nice. me from the, from the, uh, Didn't the, see the that. vineyard. Uh, <laughs> we've got in the car, we've got a box of, um, a box of the, the product from Prickly Moses because he works at the, the craft brewery just ma- up ma- the road. Maybe I'll get Cam who's with us into my room tonight. We'll, we'll share yeah. a bottle of red. <laughs> He's you got his thumbs up here. You'd easily both fit in that bathtub. <laughs> well, I am 6'3", so, you know, there isn't, there isn't too much of a difference. But, but Cam, despite the fact when I first met Cam, having watched him do all these videos with you, I'd heard about Cam... Yep. Yeah, from your friends. Big personality. Massive personality, mm. huge into it's couch surfing, isn't it, which I've yep. never done. I had all these friends around the world, and I expected him to be sort of six foot five, long hair flowing down his back. Yep. He's not six foot five with no. flowing hair down his back, but he's a, <laughs> but he's a beautiful man nevertheless. <laughs> you expected him to come in on a long board. Yeah, like exactly. streaming out behind him. Exactly, surfboard <laughs> under the arm, that kind of thing. So thanks to the Oak and Anchor for putting us up, and we're shooting in their backyard. If you're watching <laughs> this on the video, we've got their courtyard. We've tilted over all of their umbrellas to do you make... Think, do you think we can make it that we can revisit here. If I'm ever here in Maine, let's yeah. go to the May races again. We can say, come on, come on, let us have a suite yeah. during the first week Give of me May. the bridal suite again. <laughs> Must go for millions. I, I need it again. I'm having another wedding. I need, the, I need the bridal suite. Yeah, a couple of the staff came out while Cam was tipping all the umbrellas over to make light reflectors and they were like, what the hell are they doing? And they just wandered off looking confused. So... I think that's that's what we try to do, confuse people all over country Victoria on our way to Adelaide. Yeah, and great that we can do these things. We're in season 13, episode 7, you know, yeah. like we've made a lot of podcasts in all sorts of weird and yep. wonderful places, some curves at cricket grounds, you mm-hmm. know, we talked about back of the car, front of the car, um, yeah. when we, a couple of those dailies. Top of the car. We this should do one on top to of do. a train in India one day. Well, you know we'll the old yeah, climb yeah, up yeah, on the yeah. roof of the carriage and hold on? I think the Royal Pindi Express that we didn't get this year has yeah. that option to, okay. in, in, at the very back of the train and we didn't end up going in, in that direction back to yep. um, back to Lahore. Anyway, maybe next time. I've seen you with heights, so though. I don't know how you yeah, go on the, on the bit, roof. Yeah, that's true. I'm a little bit weird with heights. But, um, yeah, I mean, Visit Victoria have made this whole thing sort of possible over the over the last, well, before the proper part of the World Cup, so the group stage of the World Cup, and then what we did on Friday night in Carlton in this roadshow, so visit Victoria, visit Melbourne, plan your Melbourne visit today. Or your regional Victoria visit. Why wouldn't you want to come here? It's well, fucking beautiful. You get to Melbourne, then you get out into the regions. And yep. if there's one thing that we're happy to tell people to do, it's to come, visit Victoria. come to Melbourne, come to Victoria. Uh, which Chris Rogers did. He came to Victoria. Now he's the head coach of the Victorian cricket Great team. Point. Good segue. Thank you. He's coming to do our live show on the 23rd of November. It was supposed to happen in January. Chris Rogers was also doing it. We had so many space restrictions at the time with Victorian laws that we would have got about 50 people into a room for 200. And so we, we had to call it off. Um, but I think it was even worse than that. I reckon that the day that we were meant to do the show was yeah. the catalyst for further restrictions. So even if we'd gone ahead with 50, from memory, 
it was back to even 20 right. from there. So we made the, we pulled the right lever when we did. Sure. The good news is that Chris is available to do a replacement show. Uh, we've got the same venue, so it's the Mission to Seafarers Hall, which, I mean, I love going there. It's down towards the Docklands. I used to host uh, poetry shows and things down there. I watched but, you host poetry. Yeah. You? They've got a beautiful little chapel, and then they've got this big hall with the big seafarers' bells, and they've got a proper RSL-style bar where the, the beers are still, you know, 1990s prices, and... Uh, they look after you really well and it's literally just a place for sailors to come and hang out and once in a while they rent it out to make a bit of extra cash. So they're doing that for us. We're going to host the podcast there and, and have what I think will be a, a pretty festive night after the it's after the last One Day International. So it's when we actually have a few days before the tests start and we can relax a bit. Even That's though it's it. a Wednesday night, I think the heels might be kicked up. And I'm glad we've got Bucky too. He's been you know, great friend to me and supporter of ours uh, since we started doing this kind of semi-seriously and... 2015, I know you were kind of in the industry a wee bit before I was, but when we started working together, yeah. Chris was integral to that when he started with the ABC, then mm-hmm. obviously he and I get to work together on SEM these days as well, whilst he has this important job at Victoria. But I guess there's this misconception about Chris. If you don't know him or don't listen to him on commentary, if he's just a, a cricketer who yep. you watched play, you'd remember him batting in the glasses and the, mm-hmm. and the ratty arm oh, guard the, and, yeah, and the zinc cream on, on, the, on the bottom lip. Yeah. And you might arrive at the conclusion that he was kind of a, a nerdy bookish fella. And he yeah. is quite bookish, but he's also heaps of fun and quite quite a lot different to the perception the public yeah. had of him when he played test cricket. I wrote a piece about him on exactly that theme in 2013 about like how is this kind of slightly uh, ratty nerd making all these runs for Australia opening the batting and in 2015 someone sent it to him and he sat there in the com box one day and read it out to me <laughs> <laughs> but line by line what's this about it's like that doesn't seem very fair do you think that's an accurate description <laughs> um, and it's just held my feet to the fire so yeah. I remember an MC in a nightclub one night seeing right. him and over the over the mic going here's Chris Rogers Australian batsman and Bucky like give it the big ones um, so I'm not sure whether he'll give it the big ones that night in fact he won't because they've got a shield game the next day no. at the Juno so Therefore, he is going to be with us earlier in the night. These live shows... Yeah, they need a coach. If they've got a Shield game at the junction, just wait for Marcus Harris to make 500. <laughs> These live shows before, including our homecoming show in 2019 at the Seafarers, it was a great mm. night. These are always great nights. We had to pull the pin... Well, sorry. We, we, we were first flying of all, the next day. We were flying at stupid o'clock the next day to yep. a test match, so we had to leave early. But it went quite late. This time around, we can stay later mm-hmm. because we've got nowhere to go. Strictly speaking, yeah. the next day. We're in the middle of a week. We've got an entire week, I think, where we don't. I think have it's five to days for me, no travel. Be anywhere. I cannot wait. Yeah. And, but, <laughs> but Chris will need to go early. So yep. it, we're going to call it 6 30 for seven. Yep. And seven will mean seven, which will mean we'll start about 20 past seven. But yep. seven will mean seven. Seven will mean that Adam really wants us to start at seven. And, and Jeff wouldn't have, and and Jeff wouldn't have like, got anything ready cool, yet. Cool, cool. Yeah. Just yeah. wait. No, um, Jeff will still be, be in the prep. I asked him to do four hours earlier. There'll be some people coming in. There'll be, you know, yeah. But it'll be. It'll be as close to seven as possible. In order to let him go by about half past eight. Yep. And then we'll do some more afterwards, some of the finer word fun that you're, yep. you're familiar with. But I should stress that if you're not a finer and, and word prizes, fan... there'll be prizes. I've got some sweet be. books to give away. Um, not mine, but other people's. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. I, I know in the past we've had people bring non-finer word people along and they've really enjoyed it yeah. um, because the interview is sort of a standalone thing. Yep. And it doesn't matter that there are a few in-jokes at the back. Mm-hmm. You know, you just ride that wave. So if you've got friends who just love cricket yep. and would love a, an interesting night out, 
just before the start of yep. the test summer. Uh, this might be for you. All the details in the show notes. Yep. On our Twitter feed, on our social media elsewhere as Look well. Look at any of the pages. You'll be able to find the link for the tickets. Uh, and there might also be some early run merch. I think we're getting some prototype shirts. And they look so good. That will hopefully arrive yep. in time for that show. So if you've always wanted a final word shirt, you've never been able to get one because we've never got around to having them. We did have we them. We might have them. We did have one. And, and unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about him for reasons that, that aren't what I was hoping this week. Oh, we yeah. did have the, uh, we Max, had the Glenn Maxwell, Maxwell shirt. Yeah, the Maxwell for Australia Which shirt. Which is not going to happen now because he's yeah. not going to make the test series in India in February because he's broken his leg badly. He's just had surgery. He uh, has. And, and, I mean, this, you know, this is like a stomach drop sort of moment. You just feel like the opportunity was there for maybe for Glenn Maxwell to be a test cricketer again and it looks like that's disappeared. Probably. Uh, probably has in the short term. He's 34. This was the big opportunity. We spoke about it a lot in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. and the Got conclusion, to go to India. Had to go to India, but the conclusion was not just from us, but from others. And I think the expectation, even from Glenn himself, yep. was that a couple of four-day games this year, he was going to play for one for Victoria yep. two rounds from now, uh, and then one uh, for Australia A yep. in the lead-up to the South Africa Test Series in Brisbane. Um, that would have given him at least a couple of red ball games and mm. provided things went as you'd hope they would, uh, he'd be in that squad uh, for the India series. That Well, the first test is going to begin February 9. This isn't sort of been announced publicly, but we know it to be true. So if it is a three-month injury, he won't be playing cricket again until like pretty much they're leaving for India. But there have been some reports saying maybe it's two to three months. If he's away for two months Mm. and he's a fit young man and you know we know in the past how much work he puts into his fitness yep. if there is a way of getting back in two months sure he'll still miss the big bash and heard the head of the big bash being interviewed on Jared yep. Waitley's show this morning explaining what a huge blow it is for them you know marketing and promotional yep. he's been the biggest star in that comp the last few years notwithstanding international players that fly in but Maxwell is still number one right. and he won't be playing for Australia in white ball cricket of which we're on our way to Adelaide as you said before for three one days this week Sean Abbott replacing him in, in that squad but yeah it is huge blow for him huge blow for anyone who's, who's traced his story because mm-hmm. this felt like it was going to be uh, that chance to play test cricket but don't rule and, him out yet I mean I, I would just I would stress that point that if he can somehow get back you know in January and can play some cricket then there might be a way but it does seem unlikely. Yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of November already, so it's it's a it's a very short timeline. And another one of these weird injuries, you got yeah. Johnny Bairstow blowing his leg apart playing golf, Josh Inglis cutting his hand off playing golf, Glenn Maxwell running around on a tennis court, from what I understand, yeah, yeah, he, he fell over and someone fell over on top of on his leg and snapped the bone. Yeah, Mater Hughes fell on his leg. He was at a 50th birthday. It was early in the night. It wasn't like that. It was like two in the morning. So, yeah, because you know. that, that was the kind of assumption when you hear you know, at, at a friend's party, you're like, okay, what was going on there? Sure, if you were an I, you or I broke a leg at a friend's party, they would quite rightly assume yep. that there we'd had a few beers. But yep. it, it doesn't feel like that's what's happened here based on the reporting and, and the comments from his manager on, on Sunday and those who were there at the event. So this is just one of those freakish things that, mm. that you just have to accept as a professional athlete. If you do an injury yep. like this, it'll have significant repercussions. And, you know, he's not a young cricketer anymore either. He's, he's 34. So hopefully we're surprised on the upside mm. in a couple of months. But in all probability, summer over, season over. Sometimes it's better to be drunk, maybe. I remember as a kid, there was a neighbour of ours who fell off the balcony headfirst into the rockery. And, you know, probably could have broken his neck all the way through but the the ambo said he was so relaxed when he oh, hit the shit. ground that uh that he managed to not break his neck entirely and Oof. so he was able to recover yuck um i said well it's lucky he was that drunk otherwise okay. he might have hit the ground in a different way and Noted. had a different result so uh, i mentioned those one days before jeff yeah. that that's um 
interesting comments from Moen Ali, mm-hmm. um, you know, remembering that England have won a World Cup two days ago, yeah. right? Um, he's like, this isn't great that we have to play for our country again. Yep. It's a reminder what Maxwell said himself a fortnight mm-hmm. ago, that when these cricketers have to get up and up yep. and up again, it's unrealistic to expect them to be mm-hmm. as up for three one days that feel a bit out of place. Although I do acknowledge that the World Cup is the next white ball tournament on the agenda nine months from now, sorry, mm. 11 months from now. So this will be the start of that, if you like. But still, there, there is that inherent sense that yeah. everything's being squeezed in so quickly that yep. playing in another international four days later, you know, I know Australia are missing Maxwell, but England, most of their players will have just been in a World Cup yeah. final. Like they'll, they'll still be enjoying themselves and, and uh, letting their hair down, well, as they should be. It's a bit unfair. Like, it, surely you get a week, maybe, to go and hang out and do something fun and you yeah. know, not, not be on duty, not be back at training sort of looking to make the next run and take the next wicket it does seem a little bit sad really um if so if you can't if you can't sit there and dwell on your loss well you, you can't expect players to do that if they can't dwell on their win either exactly right and we've seen a number of players who've signaled they won't play in the ipl next year pat cummins interestingly uh, mm-hmm. popped out a tweet this morning saying he won't be available for kkr down to the fact that he's got a, an Ashes series and a World Cup yep. straight after, which is thoroughly reasonable. There was a lot of that back, what year was it? Was it 2019 where a bunch of Australian cricketers didn't play in the IPL yeah. for, for similar reasons? And, and there's been a lot of sniping at him about, oh, buddy, Pat Cummins, go off and make your bloody money in the IPL and then think you can tell us ordinary, hard-working Australians what to do when we just want to eat a piece of coal. You know, there's been that sort of stuff, so maybe it doesn't hurt to in, skip the IPL in some for some quarters, year. but the culture yeah. war extends elsewhere. So, I mean, England win this tournament two days ago and, you know, what a great win it was from where they were in the comp from mm-hmm. the way they kind of I wouldn't say limped into the semi-finals mm-hmm. but far from their best no middle order to speak of to that point in the comp really apart from the unbeaten 42 from Stokes against Sri Lanka they weren't required in the semi and mm-hmm. it was their bowlers that laid the foundation in the final but yeah I've seen a number of messages on, on social media yep. and in different forums different platforms going aha everything is fine after all England dual world champions I'm seeing a <laughs> bee on your shoulder there oh, yeah. in 50 over and 20 over cricket this high performance review we can we can put that in the bin now mm. the 100 well we better get rid of the 100 completely ignoring that the players who've been part of that World Cup triumph have honed their games away from home. Mm-hmm. It's been in the IPL mm-hmm. or the PSL mm-hmm. or the Big Dash League mm-hmm. for players like Hales. I mean, it's not well, as though the Blast... There are about half a dozen Adelaide Strikers players in the England team. Absolutely, and I'm not being critical of the Blast saying it doesn't have merit. Of course yeah. it does. It's a great competition. But this particular group of cricketers mm-hmm. have gone away to, to master their craft and haven't been a big part of the, of the Blast. So it's... Way too reductive to say sure. that, well, well, the blast is perfectly fine, leave yeah. everything as it is, and by the way, let's move to 16, 18, 27 county championship mm-hmm. games because all is well. I mean, these are different topics. I think right. it's been yeah, a bit disingenuous from uh, from people to, to point at this success and, and say that the work that's been done over the summer, which is contested space too. I mean, we've talked about it on the show multiple times, not least uh, the yet we did with Will, Will McPherson when you were overseas. Yep. Jeff and Dean Wilson came in and had a chat with me about it as well. Mm-hmm. It, it, these are complex topics Mm -hmm. and reducing it down to England good therefore Strauss is bad remembering Mm -hmm. that it was the Strauss report in 2015 which was the catalyst for the white ball reboot and which got them the chance to prioritise white ball cricket in a way that won them a 50 over World Cup and and this same generation of players has has won a a 20 over World Cup as well and, and credit to them for it Little Davey, little Davey Warner, um, floating some ideas during the week. About, he loves to float some ideas. You know, the last few months it's been when he might, who he might be captaining, and when. Now it's 
what format he might be giving away first. Remember a couple of years ago when he made the Triple Hundred, he he said that he'd probably give up T20 Internationals first. This was the bit that jumped out at me. And so now, that's the now, last time he spoke about that. Yeah, um, and that he would keep going in tests as long as he could. Now he's saying that maybe tests will go after the Ashes next year, potentially. Yep. I mean, that's... A, that's a little presumptuous because, say, if he has a bad home summer, then yep. he, he may not be opening in the Ashes next year. Um, and it would be, you know, considering his last one, something of a gamble. I, I, I personally would think that he's earned the right to have another crack at England and, and see if he can do a job next time around. But that may not necessarily be the thinking of selectors. And uh, but, but, you know, even so, to... To float that, I mean, that sort of assumes that he's still going to be in Australia's T20 team in a year's time, which he may well not be either. You get a, you maybe get a shorter leash in T20s for a string of failures than other formats. Yeah, well, two things there. So first of all, you're right, it is presumptuous. Um, saying that you're going to potentially retire in what will be nine-ish months' time from now, there's an assumption there that he'll be mm-hmm. in the best 11. There is a milestone coming up. He plays his 100th test match provided he's fit and picked. That Melbourne against South Africa this year. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of gutted them to be there for that one. It's quite a big thing seeing someone play fit there. Fit and picked. That sounds it, like a 100th. good business name. I fit and picked. Maybe like a little deli that sells like plump old. Given my business something. is called Adam Collins Limited, maybe I can yeah. change it. Fit your, and picked. Your business is called uh, Fully Charged. Fully Charged. The business where you'll make sure that everyone's devices are at 100% at all, all the time. At all times. Fully so I, even now I'm, I'm a bit freaked out by the fact that we are running off your recorder. Off battery which power. Is yeah. In battery power. I'm yeah, like, I know. Hmm. So am I. Yes, if that we dies this time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, so there's that assumption at play. Mm. There's that milestone coming up. However, for all of that, mm-hmm. there's no one else I would want opening the batting in India other than Warner, purely down to the fact that he's been there before. I know his record isn't great there, far from it. But batting in India, there is a correlation between how often you've done it and how well you go over mm-hmm. there. So I'd want him there if I were Australia. Yep. As for England, are you really going to make that massive structural mm-hmm. shift before an Ashes series. He's been on yep. three of them. Again, there is an experience And he's done there. well on two of them. I mean, done I, I done think, well enough on two of them, I yeah. think it's worth pointing out that he, he did make consistent runs through 2015. Yeah, lots of half centuries without going on with it. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, my, my starting point would be, unless he's fallen off a cliff form-wise, mm-hmm. that that all, that all kind of lines up. The more interesting bit was that he, he wants to play through until the 2024 T20 World Cup. Mm. I don't think he'll get given that opportunity. Yeah, you know, He'll be 38, possibly 38, nearly 38 at least, yep. by that juncture. I reckon that... And a year ago, he was doing the business for Australia still, you know, in this World player Cup. Player of the World Cup, yeah. In, I mean, and, when, and you're not going to write him off for one tournament, but sure. you're right, he did average 11 in this comp. But they don't play a T20 until August next year. Yeah, They've got a 50-over World Cup that immediately follows that, where he will be under the spotlight. That could but be... But you desperately want... You, you absolutely want him at that 50-over totally. World Cup in India because he's played so much on short-format tracks over there. So I mean, so many IPLs. It's staggering to think that Warner played in the first IPL. Sure. 2008. Yeah. And he's been there every year except for his sandpaper ban. Yeah, absolutely. So for all of those reasons and plenty more, you'd want him in the 50-over World Cup. I think that's more realistic for the, the dismount for him. Yeah. They'll have played very little T20 cricket between August and... October anyway, mm-hmm. they'll have the chance to regroup there and, and look ahead beyond Finch and Warner. He might prove us all wrong. He yep. loves doing that. But yeah, the sequence might not quite go the way the way he sees it at the moment. And, and I should he, say, he they just were, wants to go to America for the 2024 maybe. World Cup. He wants to have a beer in a bar in New York <laughs> with Steve Smith, go and see a musical, you know, a bit of I want to live in America, a bit of West Side Story, maybe maybe Davies. Is he a Sharks man or a Jets man? I don't know. One more thing on that. We, we, we want these players to be truthful. And we said this about the Maxwell interview last yeah. week. We always say, just give us a bit of yourself. Tell us something. This was an interview on Triple M. It's a relatively sort of offhanded comment about 
test cricket sure. matches next year. It has been taken by people and had a, had a real go at him. Like, you know, give the guy a little bit of slack. He's sure. just just answering an, He's just answering a question reasonably that yep. next year might be the end of the road in test cricket and that he might want to play on through the next cycle. It's not mm-hmm. unreasonable that he would say that on the public record mm-hmm. at the back of a World Cup when they're resetting. Like, we've got to give these guys a little sure. bit more latitude, yep. you know, uh, than we do at the moment. I know Australian cricketers are on the nose, and I don't want to go into that again. But, yeah, I think with this one, you know, fair enough. Uh, here's an interesting little story. FTX. <laughs> now, we, we talked a little bit about uh, the ICC being sponsored by cryptocurrency organisations doing a lot of, like, take a catch in the crowd and get given cryptocurrency, <laughs> all this kind of, like, the Ponzi scheme nonsense of this stuff. FTX, one of the biggest uh, exchanges in the world. They went broke literally during the World Cup. So their stuff was plastered all over the early stages, down at Geelong, all the rest of it, crypto.com, FTX, shit everywhere. And uh, they've gone broke. They were off the screens in time for the final, um, FTX. I want to read you a little bit. This is from an article on Defector, which is a a, a sports sports adjacent, a, a lot of sports and other stuff website that... I like to read, I said this, on Saturday night, the Miami Heat defeated the Charlotte Hornets in what will be the final game at FTX Arena. The Heat signed a 19-year, $135 million naming rights deal last year. Uh, FTX is run by this guy called Sam Bankman-Fried. And they said, last time we checked in on him, uh, he and his company's twin collapses have only accelerated. Per a report from Coindesk, FTX was essentially run into the ground by a cabal of roommates, a group of 10 people whose bona fides were mostly that they had dated Sam Bankman-Fried. Subsequent reporting into the relationship between FTX and the venture capital firm Sequoia, uh, recently seen marking its FTX investment down as zero on its balance sheet, so company's completely worthless at this point, showed that they passed the same hundreds of millions of dollars back and forth as they somehow invested in each other at the same time. As part of their now extremely funny marketing push, FTX courted a bunch of pro athletes to pitch their Ponzi scheme, notably Steph Curry and Tom Brady. Here is a quote from Tom Brady who was paid in now worthless equity for FTX for this endorsement. It's an incredibly exciting time in the crypto world and Sam and the revolutionary team continue to open my eyes to the endless possibilities. We have the chance to create something really special for our communities and the planet. I mean, great, great stuff. Thanks, Tom Brady. Yeah, so Bankman-Fried, as I was understanding it, it it was uh, adjacent to the actual trading platform where he's found himself in trouble Mm -hmm. with these mates of his and, and it all goes tits up, right? Now, the ICC have these official partnerships. You explain mm-hmm. how it works, right? They've got yep. an official beer, an official wine, an official fucking everything. Mm-hmm. These, this was the official crypto trading partner of the ICC. <laughs> I mean, as absurd as it is yep. to say, right? And we were how critical at the time. How many cryptos did you buy during the World yeah. Cup? Did you yeah. buy Kartik Mayapan's hat trick? Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, I guess, you know, it, once you've got your toe in the water with this stuff, why not go the whole way in? And they were never going to reject a partnership with cryptocurrency and, and in turn with NFTs. They're never going to reject a partnership with anyone with money. Yeah, you know? that, that's right. That and we know that. We've, we've talked about this yeah. the other week with the Ramco. Yeah. If um, you're willing to sign up with the biggest oil producer in the world at a time when it is absolutely critically desperate that the world moves off oil. And I, and I do want to say one thing on this because I got a lot of absolutely fucking idiotic comments from some people going, oh, well, uh, you know, I mean, oil companies, they're just providing, uh, a, you know, a resource for, for to meet the demand. They don't sit there neutrally and provide 
at demand. No. They accelerate the demand. They actively work and have worked and have lobbied for decades upon decades to make sure that the most oil is required, to make sure that uh, industries are set up in ways that require oil, to make sure that we use motor transport rather than other forms of transport, to accelerate the consumption. That is their entire purpose. They are not, uh, they are not gently and, and helpfully just helping people go about their day. Yeah, it's they not have, a co-op. They have built the world in a way that, yeah. used, that, that it runs on oil and then they meet it. It is not ultra it is not neutral. No. They are not providers. They are sellers. They're pushers. They're drug pushers. And that's essentially what they've worked. They've built a world in their image where we mostly have no option but to use oil-related technology because that's all that's on offer. Yeah, and and, and we would be criticised. Anyone would be criticised. Well, you, you, you benefit from the, the advances that have been made in technology which are sure. dependent upon oil. And that is true because the economy is geared that way. And yep. it's only going to take sort of policy at a, at a governmental level, intergovernmental level mm-hmm. before that changes and hopefully it will. But, I mean, just going to come back to that ICC point. So they've, they've gone down that path with the Ramco mm-hmm. through the World Cup. It was last year they announced the, the relationship with uh, FTX. I wonder whether this will provide pause for thought with them going down that route again. They copped a lot of shit for Aramco. They got a lot of money for it. But they, 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 there would have been reputational damage to the yep. ICC out of that. And there should be. And which they can measure. And they will have copped a fair clip over this as well. Will it be the case that in two months' time we'll see another official crypto trading partner signed up by the ICC? I genuinely hope not. I mm. hope they'll go right. This has been a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Let's not go down this path again. Let's let's take a bigger picture sure. attitude towards this. Let's show a wee bit of leadership here mm-hmm. and and acknowledge where this hasn't been. Uh, my understanding is people inside the ICC weren't thrilled with your Amco decision. That there were dissenting voices inside that organisation that were drowned out by the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. So let's see whether something different um, happens the, the next time around when it comes to crypto, which we've been on this program. I know we're not sort of a show set up to mm-hmm. talk about you know, uh, cryptocurrency, strictly speaking, but we, we have had the chance to talk about it in a cricket context a number of times. And th- there seems to be a sense that uh, organisations and, and boards are, yep. are moving away from uh, straight up gambling dollars and just subtly shifting into the NFT space or right. into the crypto space. And hopefully yep. they can cut that, that which, link sooner rather than later. Which is essentially gambling dollars as well. It's exactly. In, it's yep. encouraging people who don't know what they're doing to throw their money into a burn barrel um, and then be surprised when it goes up in flames. So, right, we'll... Uh, we'll touch on a little bit of domestic cricket stuff yep. the WBBL we're going to get into next week ahead of the finals 11 group games to go I did want to mark uh, Beth Mooney during the week obviously big fans of the work of Beth Mooney on this show went past 4,000 big bash runs nobody's done that before she's the first that's across eight seasons so you know work out the average yourself it's 500 runs a season that she's been averaging this season isn't over yet her career average is nearly 48 to to play consistently in a t20 competition and average close to 50 i mean it's bonkers and she does it at a strike rate north of 120 across those seasons you're not meant to be this consistent as a t20 player like she's rewritten the rule book on that front she's always done it at a high enough strike rate that it's not as though she's been i know she plays that anchor role most of the time these days Mm. but she's still got that ability to accelerate and and we've seen that through this tournament as well and yeah Love the fact that it's from WBBL1, right? We've, yep. we've told the story with her in the past. I've interviewed her in the past about it, that she had to make certain changes to her game, certain changes to her fitness, and yep. now she's one of the um, one of the most important T20 players on the planet and, yeah, comfortably the, the best WBBL player since the competition's inception back in, what was it, 2015, uh, 16. 16. Feels like a long time ago now. Yep. When we started the podcast properly. Where she made big runs in that first season and pushed into the Australian team. Uh, Sheffield Shield, Victoria got absolutely thumped by yeah. Queensland within two days. They were bowled out for 63 and 132. 
Uh, Queensland made 205 and won by an innings. I mean, that's England Ashes MCG sort of territory. You yeah, know, to, it is. To lose by an innings off, off a score that low. And five for, for Michael Nisa in the second innings, five for, for Mark Steckity in the first, and then just tore him apart. What are they up to now between the pair of them? There must be close to 50-odd wickets, Nisa and Steckity, already in Shield cricket this season. Extraordinary. I'm, I'm glad they've been picked in that PM's 11 squad, so they'll get a chance mm. to again press for national selection if there are any injuries. They won't be in them. They're not in the test squad, but... Yeah. You know, they'll be, they'll be near and near enough to that. Yeah, well, you're right, because what was it last week? Steckity was on 17, I think, and Nisa 15. 14, so yeah. Nisa's added another nine in this match. And, uh, and then Steckity's taken, um, yeah, five in the first and and Nisa nine for the match. So, yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty impressive start uh, for Queensland. But, yeah, rolling. Victoria inside 33 overs. Uh, Ash Chandra Singer, uh, his second start for the Vicks, made 100 the first time. 16 from 84 balls as the carnage played out around him. He was Love the last that. wicket to fall. Mm-hmm. I wish he had have gone all the way through and been a reading count not to be. Um, in response, Queensland, yeah, 205, Boland, Sutherland and Cameron McClure take three wickets each. And uh, it's Green to Sandu, top scores with 42. He also takes three wickets in in the second dig for Queensland. So he's, he's done the rounds, hasn't he? He's gone, I think I'm right in saying, it was New South Wales, Queensland, Tasmania, back to back to Queensland. So a true journeyman, uh, Sandu, having mm. years ago played a one-day international. Yeah, the Danny um, Southern, of the the, uh, the Martin Pike of the of yeah, Martin Pike, cricket. that's better. Yeah, I like that. And then the second time around, as you say, it was Nisa and, and Sandu in the wickets and mm-hmm. Sutherland made 48 from 53, all out 132, the Vixen beaten by an innings and 10 runs. And yes, it's um, historically, Victoria going to Queensland in November but hasn't gone that well uh, and, and so it was again so they've had three draws and a loss in their last four starts Victoria yep. so they're, they're a fair way off the pace not quite as drastic but an, an innings defeat for the Sackers at the hands of the Whackers yep. in the Acker off over in Perth South Australia bowled out for 299 and for 117, WA made 444. Massive ton for Sam Whiteman. Another one for Cameron Bancroft. They put on 300. You're hearing it more and more. They, they put Cameron on 309. Yeah, they made 444. I'm well, I'm interested. You should be interested. He made 135, Whiteman 193. I mean, Huge I still opening feel stand. bad for him. I still feel bad. Like he. I don't know. He got he comes back in for two tests in the in the Ashes in 2019, and they say, "No, nah, that's enough. Thanks, champ. Off you go." Let's pop in Marcus Harris to be absolute edge fodder for the next six innings, provide absolutely nothing to the team. I, I, I wouldn't have dropped Bancroft because the way he guts it out yeah. in the first innings, I think, from memory at Lords. And- yeah. Feels like a long time ago for him now, but yeah, more, I guess, uh, open as they are looking at. Mm-hmm. Hunt, Henry Hunt, Henry Hunt, 71 in the first innings off 167 balls and then um, top scoring with 32 yep. in the second when the Sackers were rolled for 117. So more than 100 runs mm-hmm. in a match where they've lost by an innings. It's pretty good return for a bloke who they're clearly watching closely. Um, with the ball, Lance Morris again. Again. I mentioned Morris last week, I Lance think. Lance Corporal. That, that Lance Bombardier. Smart people say he's the fastest bowler in Australia. He's taken mm-hmm. seven wickets, four in the first, three in the second. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Kelly, match figures of nine for 57, if you don't mind, five and a four there for the other West Australian seamer. He's kind of late 20s now, um, Kelly, and been around for a fair bit. He was in that Shield winning side last year, wasn't he? So, yeah, I suppose um, it, it, it's the case that Western Australia have so much depth with mm-hmm. their fast bowling. They've won three of their four games so far, and they sit on top of the Sheffield Shield table. There's uh, one of the game playing out at the moment between uh, who was it Tasmania hosting 
New South Wales. They're in the final day there, Jeff. We might deal with that next week. But as it stands at the moment, WA, who won it last year, are on their way to going back to back. Lance, it's a strong name, Lance. Wasn't yes. there wasn't there a neighbour's character called Lance? There was. Before? He's uh, he was the brother of uh, he was the brother of Brooke Satchwell, who was um, now what was her character's name? Brooks, uh, Jesse. Um, oh gosh, this is bad for me. Yeah, Brooke, Brooke Satchwell. Well, she she wasn't one with, of the sisters, was she? With no, with that Madeline was Libby. West and uh, no, that, that was Holly Valance. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you mix up a couple of families there. Um, yeah. Libby, who uh, went on to marry Trent Crowe in real life, for okay. you Hawthorne fans out there. Yeah. Maybe we should move and away from that. Fans. And Fremantle fans. And yeah. fans, sort of, only briefly. Yeah. Um, uh, An interim. It was a Fremantle Haji, sandwich Haji, for Crowe Korea. Kick so, another goal. Two slices of Hawthorne Haji. bread with we a Fremantle got filling. got you and got Trent Crowe back too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's enough for the first bit. I think we should take a break. And when we return, we will be at Pombonate Cricket Club with Luke Reynolds and Grant Place. Hi, I'm Ebony Rainford-Brennan. You're listening to The Final Word with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon. We're in Pombonate. We're two and a bit hours out of Melbourne. We're out in the Western District of Victoria. If I can set the scene for coming down here, driving along, there's no t- town to speak of. There are a few scattered buildings around. There's the Pombo Mart. Don't know what, what they sell at Pombo Mart, but it's just down the road here. Rolling green fields. And then this cricket club appears out of nowhere and, and we pull in and, and here's Luke Reynolds who's running this place, this absolutely gorgeous club that's this, this oasis in, in the middle of the field. So tell us about living down here in Pombo. Yeah, well, welcome to Pombo Nate, Jeff. Great to have you down here. And, and uh, yeah, look, we're pretty proud of our little club and our facilities here in a, you know, a dairy farming community and um, yeah, proud of what we've been able to build up and build here. How many teams have you got going? Because I'm of the understanding this is a big club in the... In the scheme of things. Yeah, we've got 12 teams at the moment. So uh, seven men's and boys teams and five women's and girls teams uh, in addition to a Woolworths Blast program for five to ten-year-olds. So it's pretty hectic. What's the population of the town, though? Uh, the Pomodic District has about 191, okay. so that's nearly everyone playing cricket. How do, you, how do you get a dozen teams out of that sort of population? What, how does this work? Well, we're not far out of Camperdown, so there's a lot of families in Camperdown with a historical link to out here, and we've been able to attract a lot of juniors from those guys as well and friends of and, and, and worked hard on our junior program and women's program over the past few years to and build that up. They're willing to travel out here to be part of what you've got going. Yeah, they, they are at the moment. So, uh, yeah, we've got to work hard to keep them out here now. Yeah. I've got Pombo Bulls legend Grant Place with me, a uh, triple premiership player, I'm told. You've got a long association with this place. You, you've effectively grown up in these four walls, haven't you? Correct, yeah. yeah grew up where neighbouring farm just over the road, over the highway. So. Been here since I was a kid, and father played here, uncles played here, and yeah, love the joint. Seems remarkable to me that that a that a town that feels small. I mean, you look at it on the map; it doesn't feel like Pombonite is a big place yet. It's got this extraordinary cricket club that comes up in conversations all the time around this part of Victoria. Yeah, it's um, this is this is the town really. The the club there's yeah, there's no store, there's no pub. Um, yeah, this is probably the the centre piece of Pombonite. Isn't that brilliant that like mm. even now you think about modern life, how, 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 how quickly it moves, how people have less time to engage with things and step back from things, that, that this sort of modest clubhouse, I mean beautiful as it is, but modest, and this cricket ground out here can, can constitute the lifeblood of an entire community. It feels a bit, bit of a throwback. It does, and, and I mean probably um, country living um, with you know a lot of farmers around. It's it's a different way of life than living in the city um, where you can you know catch an Uber to the nearest pub for a sure. catch up. You know like 
um, this is this is where guys are catching up. You know, albeit you can go to the town, go into Camperdown to the pub to catch up, and you know, obviously go to others' houses. But this is where um, you know we tend to come in summer to to catch up and have a drink and enjoy each other's company. Looking around this, the club rooms here. I mean, there's a very strong sense of history. You've got your your, your life members. You've got um, club administrators. Uh, talk me through what's up on the walls here. Like, if we start over here. So these are our honour boards. Um, in need of an update, they only date back to 1974-75. So we do have plans to put up new honour boards that will date back to 1894-95, where we've gone back and found presidents, captains, secretaries all the way through. So. We think it's important to honour those guys who put in back in the day. So, uh, yeah, they will be getting replaced sometime soon, I hope. It's been a big journey over about six years now. But, uh, yeah, look, we've, we're nearly there. We've nearly put together the whole record. Uh, everything was there from 1969 onwards. So I've just had to piece together what came before that. So A lot of premierships up on this wall. Seems like there's been a lot of success at this club. Uh, do we do we find you? Is there a young Luke Reynolds in some of these? There is a young Luke Reynolds in uh, the 1994-95 premiership, which is just over there. So that, that was fairly memorable. But uh, yeah, been lucky enough to play in a couple of Division One flags and a T20 flag as well. So that obviously the highlights of your career. You're running the club effectively. You're running the bar. You're, uh, you're, your name's on the website as the contact point. You're doing the history. Like, why does this club mean so much to you? Why do you want to put so much of your time and effort into it? I grew up here. So I've been, he been coming to the club since I was eight or nine years old. I've been playing here since I was 12. I've loved every minute. Uh, I've just felt at home the whole time and now I've got my boys, my wife and now my daughter also made her de debut yesterday. <laughs> really? So, so there's five of us playing here. Oh, were you, so were you nervous? I was. Uh, I was actually at Square League uh, nervously filming her on my phone and uh, got her whole 12 ball innings, so yeah. Umpiring and notionally umpiring and actually just shooting. Yeah, so. notionally, yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> a great word. Had there been a stumping <laughs> shout, how would you have gone? Oh, yeah, no, definitely not out. Yeah, yeah. Foot, foot was back. <laughs> it's staggering really to think that these kids mm. are growing up that this is just by default what they do. They come and play cricket here. I mean, I don't mm. suppose you, you're, you're recruiting from too far beyond Pombinet either, right? Like, this no. is mostly people from this town. It's, yeah, it's incredibly hard to recruit at the senior level. It's probably, we, we probably let it lapse a few years ago. There was a bit of a um, break in, I suppose, kids around maybe a few years younger than I was um, when I finished juniors. Um, and it really hurt our senior program. We dropped back to two sides because right. we didn't have juniors for a while. And... Guys like Luke Reynolds and um, President Dave Murphy have spent a lot of time in building the junior program, which has now led to the club it is today. Yeah, you said before you'd never played anywhere else. I don't expect you're going to go and play veteran somewhere else. You, you'll play. This is it. You know, yep. You'll play in the second team. You'll, you'll play in the third team. You'll probably run the bar after that. You might run the bar already. Um, like this will remain a, a central feature of your life, even when you stop playing first team cricket. Yeah, absolutely. Try and just try and hold on for as long as I can. I suppose into the, the Div One spot. And, how, how long have you been a Div One player? Uh, debuted as a 14 or 15 year old, I think, maybe right. 15, I think it was. So back in 2005 um, was my first game. So, and yeah, sort of was maybe 50-50, probably till I was about 16 or 17, then been a consistent player since since then. And when were those premierships, those triple, uh, that triple premiership crown that you, you we, we, Luke was telling us about before you yeah. were? So uh, when, when did they, when, wh when were they and what was the best of them? So this is my fifth year as uh, club captain and um, yeah, we lost the semi last year with uh, a few too many drop catches in the semi that cost us and then the three previous um, 
uh, flags before that. Oh, on the trot, three years, on the trot yeah, as club captain. So, and there was a couple of um, T20 in those three years as Can't well. Can't miss them. So they, they count these days, don't they? Well, they T20 do. Flags. At, at the time we spoke about it, uh, it was never really mentioned as a premiership, but I suppose with T20 being recognised more as a... And more and more, especially in Australia, it's probably where the, where the last ones to around the world to recognise it as a, as a proper fixture, I suppose, isn't it? You and I had a little bit of correspondence about... It, it's almost a centenary. Like, you've got a, an early premiership team from... Is it 1926? Yeah, 1926-27 was the club's first ever flag, actually. It took them some time to win one. And um, there's no team photo that existed, so... We sort of hunted down the scorecards and there was a few unfamiliar names and Fred Lemon was one that yeah, no one seemed to have heard of mm-hmm. or any, anyone knew anything about him. And uh, with the name Lemon, I thought, oh, oh, I might ask Jeff Lemon if uh, he might be his great-grandfather. Well, I, I hoped, but uh, sadly he wasn't. But your dad did a great job digging up Fred's family and uh, we did make contact with him in Tasmania and got a lovely photo of Fred standing there with a cricket bat and yeah. Fred's on our wall now. The, uh, the team of the century, now, I'm interested in this because there's a, there's a strong theme, there's one family who've got five players in the team of the century and they're not all from the same time period, you've got some from the 30s, some from the 40s, you've got 50s, 60s, 70s uh, across this period. That's the Boyds, so there's a lot of Boyds there. Is this the kind of place where there are a few families that have a big influence on the community and, and, and on how places like community places like the club come together? Yeah, absolutely, and the Boyds were, have been here right from the start, uh, not just a cricket club. Uh, there was J.A. Boyd played in the first game in 1883, but uh, the Pomonite District, they, you name the, com- the community organisation, there's been a Boyd running it, involved in it, they've uh, been huge pillars of this community, So, uh, and especially this club. Um, they're a little bit light on the ground for numbers at the moment, but we do have a Boyd playing under 13 boys cricket and wow. playing under 13 girls cricket. So, so that sounds like about six generations of them. I think it might be generation seven okay. now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And this, I mean, this club is beautiful. The ground is lush. Like it's, it's so level. We were driving along thinking, okay, we've got to keep an eye out for a driveway that might lead to a cricket ground. And there was no doubt when we saw it, okay, this is obviously the spot. How do you keep such a good facility at the standard that it is and, it, you know, where it... Uh, it, it just looks like such a quality cricket operation. Uh, we've got a great group of volunteers and, and people who like to get involved. Um, ground-wise, our president, Dave Murphy, does a wonderful job. He, uh, he won't let anyone else on the mower. He'll, he'll mow it four or five times a week at this time of year, but uh, he does a great job. And, yeah, we've just had a lot of community support to do it up. We've, we've put in pop-up sprinklers in recent years, which we had some government support for, which is fantastic. We had, uh, used to have travelling sprinklers and had a oh. problem of, of theft <laughs> being on the highway. And uh, I suppose it is very close, right? It is, yeah. yeah. You have a few players chasing um, stray balls across that highway when someone gets onto one over the deep mid-wicket. Yeah, no, it's always look both ways when you get hit over the road, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we try not to let that happen too often. And how long are you going to stick around? Uh, you know, you're putting in a power of work at this club. Is this a, a lifelong passion? Yeah, no, I'm not putting in a power of work to, to, to leave it all. So uh, I've got no, no plans to stop playing or stop being involved. Um, I love it. It's, it is my life over summer. So I'll keep doing it as long as I can, and especially as long as my kids are involved as well. Well, thank you. You're doing a great job. Thanks for having us down at Pombinet. No, thank you, Jeff. Feel good. No worries. Thanks.
This is the final word. Cricket podcast, Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins. Uh, a heartwarming trip to Pompanit. I felt a lot better as we left Pompanit and then we drove down to Port Ferry. We were greeted with a beautiful pink sunset. Uh, we enjoyed a, a Thai dinner. I didn't know there'd be a lot of Thai restaurants in Port Ferry, but there we are. And then we popped into the Oaken Anchor to go to sleep. And it was a good day. And now we get to go back for story time, which we're going to record later today, uh, at the Reed Reserve in Warrnambool, which was my home ground for Nestle's Cricket Club back mm-hmm. in the summer of, I guess it was the summer of 2000, 2001. In you the bought your months. first real six string? That yes, summer? that that one. Yeah, Played it till your fingers quite bled? Quite it the summer yeah. of 2000, 2001, <laughs> where Australia lost to India and Victoria got fucked over in the Shield final. And Hawthorne made the prelim. Now, yeah, uh, so uh, there's a school year I did. The, the first, I think it was the first eight months before um, going over to uh, live in the States for year 12. But place close to my heart. I've been mm. back to Warrnambool loads of times. So um, we'll go there. We'll do story time. We'll do it at the Reed. We'll go to the Whalers and we'll go to the Cali for a pint or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, and there'll be other places we'll visit. We'll get, we'll get you a burger from Herman's, which is the, the famous burger joint down in Warrnambool, and, right. and we'll continue our travels thanks to Visit Victoria. People should. People should. Visit Melbourne, visitvictoria.com, and plan Herman's. your Melbourne visit, plan your Victoria visit. Herman's Burger. I once had a burger in Bristol that, uh, that was a burger with peanut butter and fried banana in it. It was, it was okay. on there. I don't know why. It was on their thing, and I said, well, if it's on the board, someone's got to buy it, and so I did. It wasn't bad. It was actually better than you'd expect. The, uh, the peanut butter fried yeah. banana burger. But, so we'll see if they have one of those. At okay. Hermes. See if they can whip one up for yep. me. It's been too long. Why not? Uh, you will hear more about our adventures if you listen in to the feed because we're trekking across the state with Cam Fink all the way to Adelaide on Thursday for the one day and then driving back. Other reminders, live show, 23 mm. November. Be there if you're in Melbourne or even if you want to come in and hey. visit us. We'll, we'll be around for a few days. We visit can, Melbourne. We can do lunch. Com visit Melbourne. To come to our live to come show. come to our show. Oh, it's That's the it. perfect confluence of interest here. I love this it. Is, this is self-interest personified. And if you like the sort of stuff we're doing with Visit Vic and you want to be part of what we're doing later in the summer final word cricket at gmail.com we're going to be making daily shows at the test matches mm-hmm. and that can this can be you what this we're doing this you. week you can be you know wrapped up in all yeah. the things that we if you run for instance a cryptocurrency exchange <laughs> or, or a global multinational oil company you know if you're involved or in anything like that house. go fuck yourself <laughs> frankly keep your filthy cash you absolute amoral shitbags right <laughs> This is it. Spend this the is final word. Well, looking forward to the comments. Jeff Levin, Adam <laughs> Collins. Uh, we will see you next time, which these days is not very long on our feed. Okay. I had to go about it.